Numbers chapter 9, verse 15. And on the day that the tabernacle was reared up, the cloud covered the tabernacle, namely the tent of the testimony. And at even there was upon the tabernacle, as it were, the appearance of fire until the morning. You know, when I read stuff like this, I just, it makes me wish I was there. I can't imagine waking up and seeing a pillar of fire over the top of the tabernacle. I, I prayed for years for God to do that to this church. <laughs> well, if he did it once, he can do it again. So it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after that the children of Israel journeyed. And in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. At the commandment of the Lord, the children of Israel journeyed. And at the commandment of the Lord, they pitched. As long as the cloud abode upon the tabernacle... They rested in their tents. And when the cloud tarried long upon the tabernacle many days, then the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and journeyed not. And so it was when the cloud was a few days upon the tabernacle, according to the commandment of the Lord, they abode in their tents. And according to the commandment of the Lord, they journeyed. And so it was... When the cloud abode from even unto morning, and that the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they journeyed. Whether it was by day or by night that the cloud was taken up, they journeyed. Or whether it were two days or a month or a year that the cloud tarried upon the tabernacle, remaining thereon, the children of Israel abode in their tents and journeyed not. But when it was taken up, they journeyed. And then chapter 10, verse 33. Everybody all right? <laughs> chapter 10 and verse 33. And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days' journey. The ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them in the three days' journey to search out a resting place for them. And the cloud of the Lord was upon them by day when they went out of the camp. And it came to pass when the ark set forward that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee before thee. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Lord, unto the many thousands of Israel. And then the next chapter, chapter 11, And when the people complained... It displeased the Lord, and the Lord heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them, and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. And the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. And he called the name of the place Tibera, because the fire of the Lord burnt among them. You may be seated. I want to talk to you for a little bit tonight on this subject, 
in spite of the cloud. In spite of the cloud. You know, again, some of the things that I read in the Word of God, I, I, I realize and understand that they all have purpose and I understand that that they were for that particular time and that particular season, but I, I really wish that there was some kind of time machine or something that we could go back into and see some of the things that the people of God were able to experience and see. And as I think about this, the fact that this cloud of glory was with them, went before them, and continually... I said continually. I'm talking about the presence of the Lord. It never left them. Continually hung there over them was a tremendous thing. It protected them and reminded them that nothing could get to them that would harm them. However, in spite of the cloud, in spite of the continual presence of God in their midst. A burning made it through and consumed them. I'd like to preach to you tonight in spite of the cloud. I want to tell you that your obedience to God and your willingness to follow Him Wherever he leads is so vitally important to your existence and your family's existence. We cannot afford in this time to take for granted the presence of the Lord. I want us to know the psalmist, I believe it said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. One writer said, His mercies are fresh and new every day. Somebody hear me right now. I'm thankful that when I lay my head down at night, uh, He's there. I'm thankful that when I roll out of bed in the morning and my feet hit the floor, He's there. The presence of the Lord is here. There proves to be no more clear of a picture of love and protection and grace of God than this portrait of a pillar of cloud. There were many Egyptians who thought this Jehovah was one sick or deranged God to demand two and a half million Jews leave the comfort of their city called Goshen to go live a life of sacrifice in the wilderness. I guarantee you, those Jews didn't feel that way. There will always be a difference 
in the way an Egyptian looks at Israel, Israel's God, than those who are under the cloud. I said this doesn't look the same to the world as it does to us. They think we're a bunch of wackos. How could you leave the world and run to the church? How could you go to church three or four times a week, pray every day, fast and push away the plate? Come on, somebody. How could you worship like that? I want to tell you it looks different on the other side of Egypt. Now, listen, I took a nap this afternoon because I knew y'all were going to work me hard tonight. But don't work me too hard. I said it looks different. On the other side of Egypt. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not under the same authority I used to be. I'm not in the same presence I used to be. You see, you you see, Egypt, Egypt cannot fathom a life outside the gold and splendor of those pyramids. Egypt cannot understand why a group of people would want to leave the benefits of their society to go worship in the wilderness. But the Egyptians aren't the ones in bondage. And the Egyptians aren't the one whose children are slaves. And the Egyptians aren't the ones who have a promise of something greater. Ah, you didn't hear me. I said the Egyptians don't have the promise. something greater let me let you in on a little something right here that gold and silver that they valued in Egypt that meant so much to them is going to be nothing in that place where I'm headed God's going to use it for pavement I said God's going to use We're going to walk on what they value. I wish somebody would hear me right now. I said we're going to walk on what means so much to them. They don't understand it. They don't get it. (laughs) Once a man or woman becomes a child of God, a spiritual Jew, if you would, then and only then can they understand and relate to the beauty 
of the cloud. When faith arises in our hearts and we decide to accept God's invitation to leave the bondage and the slavery of this world, we leave with only what we can carry and our children. Brother Dan, they might not know it now, but one of these days, those boys that you bring to church every time you come to the house of God, one of these days they're going to look back and say, Daddy, thank you for leaving Egypt. Thank you for leaving the world. Come on, somebody. Thank you for taking us to the house of God. Thank you for getting us. Thank you for getting us in the presence of the Lord. We leave at midnight. We leave after having an eaten and drunk with God communion called Passover. We're happy to leave. We're grateful to leave. We're ready to leave. God forces no one to apply the blood to their doorposts. And there are many who stayed in Egypt for that very reason. But those of us who leave are confident that we're going to be well taken care of and our God has a great reputation. Ah, I wonder if I could get a witness. Is there anybody here that you could say right now, I'm better off today than I've ever been. I might not have more money. I might not drive better cars. Come on, I might not live in a bigger house, but I'm in the presence of the Lord. And my inheritance is not in this world, but it's in a world to come. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Come on, is there anybody better off that would stand your feet and say, I'm glad to be out of Egypt. Come on, somebody. I said, I'm glad to be out of Egypt. I'm glad I'm not a slave to Egypt anymore. You'd be seated. You know, when we leave Egypt, we'll have enemies. Surely. We'll have the need, hear me now, to take care of our families, ourselves, without a doubt. We'll be misunderstood by all of those that look at us traveling through the desert. We'll be mocked. We'll be fought. We'll be ridiculed. We'll be disparaged. We'll be mistreated. We'll be misunderstood. 
But I want to tell you, we've lived long enough in the castles of Egypt. We've long endured the bondage and slavery. We've wept much over our chains and we've mourned often over the fact that our children have nothing to look forward to but slavery. How glorious it is to our soul to have made the decision to leave Egypt. Walked up to this altar with only what we could carry in our hands and our hearts and suddenly we're surrounded by a cloud. Oh, I said everywhere I go, everywhere I'll be, I'm surrounded by his presence. He said, I'll never leave you. Even when I'm being disparaged. Even when I'm being criticized. Even when those that don't understand turn against me. He's still there. Ah, hallelujah. The Bible calls it cloud of glory and rightfully so it's the manifested presence of God's power and protection to all those who have decided hear it now to come out from among them and be separate as soon as those Jews in the book of Exodus, walked out of the land of Egypt. The Bible said that there met them at the gate of Egypt, if you would, a pillar. Listen to the first time we hear about the pillar. Look with me to Exodus chapter 13 and verse 21. I want to tell you something. When you walk out of the world into the presence of God... I know there are those that say, well, it takes time. You're looking at a man that understands that to transfer from there to here, there is an immediate. Wait a minute. Let me just share a little bit. My wife fusses at me when I talk about my past, but I don't do that to glory in my past. But I want to tell you that I remember the night I prayed through. And when I walked in it day, rather it was the day. I remember the day I prayed through. I remember I probably still had some leftovers from the night before. Some of you that have been there, you know. But I'm going to tell you that when I walked out of that little building over there. I wasn't a drug addict anymore. I wasn't an alcoholic anymore. Come on.
Come on, somebody, I'm talking about I didn't have to wait six months to recover. I'm talking about when I left Egypt and I got in the presence of the Lord, there was an immediate meeting with an almighty God. I've come to tell somebody, if you're here and you need help, you don't have to wait six months. You don't have to wait six weeks. You can walk down to this altar with all you can carry in your heart and in your hand and say, I'm walking out of Egypt. I'm going to repent of my past and I'm walking into a newness of life. Watch. You can be seated. Exodus 13 and 21. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go. To go. To go. Day and night. Now watch it. He took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Now make no mistake. They had seen and heard of the works of this Jehovah God for the past few months. As Moses and Aaron stood before Pharaoh and called down the judgments upon Egypt. They, in fact, had experienced a few of the judgments in the land of Goshen. But soon, the hand of God protected them. They had seen this Jehovah a long way off. They'd learned to trust in Him because of what Moses had told them. Listen to me. God wants more than that in their hearts. He wants to reveal himself to them. If you're here tonight and you don't know him like you need to know him, I want to tell you, he doesn't want to live on the outside. He doesn't want your experience to be an external one. But he wants to move in tonight into your heart through the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on. That's the way you can carry your, his presence with you everywhere you go. When he takes residence in your heart, his glory and his power will be with you everywhere. to show them he wants to show them that if they'll walk out of Egypt he'll take care of them he decides to do that through a supernatural phenomenon called a pillar of cloud during the day it simply looked like a well compressed cloud that didn't blow away or dissolve like most clouds. During the night, it became a fiery pillar that both led the way in the darkness 
as well as kept them warm when it got cold. I'm sure that for the first few hours, this great multitude didn't think much about the pillar of cloud. Their minds and their hearts were on a number of other things. Just a few hours into their journey, God proved to them the value and power of the cloud. After they got clear of Egypt's borders, Pharaoh and his armies decided to chase them down and bring them back into bondage. Hear me tonight, make no mistake, the devil will not be content with letting you go easily. And the children of Israel became frightened and began to cry out to God. They looked back and see the cloud of dust, the horses, the chariots, Pharaoh's army, and on the other side in front of them, a Red Sea. But remember, the cloud was more than just a cloud. Can I tell you that they begin to cry out to God in verse chapter 14 and verse 18. The Bible said, And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. <laughs> And the angel of God, listen to this now. Don't tell me God can't and won't take care of you. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel. Watch it, a pillar of cloud over the top and an angel before them. How can you lose? I said, how can you lose? And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Now watch this. What went from protecting them from the elements and going before them into the greatest miracle that they would ever experience now shifts from becoming just a guard over the top of them to the protector of their life. God transfers an angel from the front to the back and a cloud. I said a cloud in between them and their enemy. Come on. I'm telling you the presence of the Lord is not just pretty. The presence of the Lord is is to keep you and protect you. Come on. God wants you to understand. He's got you in the front. He's got you in the back. He's got you all around. And whatever the enemy tries, it will not stop him from protecting you.
And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. It was a cloud. Darkness to them. But gave light by night to these. So that the one came not near to the other all the night. Can I tell you? Can I tell you tonight that no one can take you back into bondage after you've truly given your life over to God? There's no power. There's no dominion. There's no king. There's no prince. There's no president. There's no one that has authority to drag you back into sin into shame and into death. Now, there were many who fell in the wilderness to those things. But it wasn't because Pharaoh's army took them away from God. They fell because they lusted in their hearts and desired sin more than they desired God. But it wasn't Because God just let them be taken captive again. Paul writes it this way. You heard it. Romans chapter 8 and verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Ah, Verse 38 says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come. Oh, Shall nor height nor depth or any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, baby, that once you're in this club. You're in this club as long as you want to be in this club. You're the only one that can take yourself out of the hand of God. The Bible said no man can pluck you out of his hand. The only way you can get out is if you walk out. Uh, Let me hurry. Those new converts that walked out of Egypt saw a tremendous thing that day. They saw that pillar move between them and their enemy. They protected them, shaded them, obstructed the sight of them from their enemy. Did this to the devil. You can't see me. Wake up in the morning, tell the devil. You can't see me. Come on, somebody. Now, wait a minute. Either the the word of God is right or it's not. 
I said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You ain't got nothing, devil. I said, you ain't got nothing, devil. You got nothing that's a threat to me. You got nothing that can hurt. Ah, I'm in the presence of the Lord. Come on. He's with me in the day. He's with me in the night. Everywhere I go, I'm in the presence of the Lord. It was darkness to the enemy, but light to them. It was the power of their salvation working for them. You won't find this account in Egypt's history books. <laughs> because they were looking on the wrong side of the whole thing. All they seen was darkness. But Israel seen light and divine deliverance. Come on, that's why your family struggles with where you are and what you're doing. That's why your friends don't understand who you are and what you are. Because they're on the other side of the cloud. They're on the other side of the presence of the Lord. And all they can see is darkness. But you and I are in the church tonight. And all we can see is divine deliverance and light. That's going to get us through until he comes to take us home. They can't see it like we see it. We're in the midst of it. We're watching it work for us. We recognize that its purpose is to protect us, to guide us, to lead us. But the world can't see that. They're on Egypt's side. So many new converts don't understand why their unsaved family is not deliriously happy that they've given their lives to the Lord. Why they aren't happy that they started on this new journey. Isn't it sad that families would rather you stay a drunk and a drug addict than to live for God? They'd rather you speak death through your tongue than life through your tongue? Come on now, I'm trying to help somebody. Some of you that's been attacked by your family of late, I want to tell you something, you ought to thank God for that. Well, now, preacher, yeah, I'm telling you, you ought to thank God for that because you see what's taking place there is there's been divine deliverance for you, and they're still living on the other side of Egypt. Come on, and they don't understand, but you ought to give God praise because He brought you out. I've seen new babies come to the church and they're confused because their their friends and family think they're insane for stepping out of Egypt. They're, they're on the wrong side of the cloud. Those of us who are on the glory side, we know what's going on. I said we know what's going on. 
God is blessing us. God is leading us. God is protecting us. God is taking care of our enemies through the cloud. It says, purpose of the cloud. The Lord went before them. He also goes before you. It says, the Lord led them. So the Holy Ghost leads us. It says, the cloud gave them light by night. Everything else was dark. But the Lord gave the church light. He still does. I said he still does. It says the cloud was a pillar of fire. It gave them warmth in the cold and light to walk by in the darkness. It's the same today. The old prophet said it feels like fire shut up in my bones. I want to tell you that the fire of the Lord protected them from the elements that would have harmed them. And God still does that for His children today. The things of this world has to go through God first to get to you. Oh, let me say that one more time. That's so good and y'all missed it. I said the things of this world have to go through God first before they can get to you. Now, that, uh, that cloud, that cloud was a powerful reminder to them every single day that God called them out of slavery and bondage and felt a particular care and concern for their lives. You need to understand that a multitude that large, think about it now, over two and a half million, it was probably more than that. Not just walking around in the wilderness and not be subject to invasion by the surrounding countries. The Bible said that other nations were terrified by the approach of the Hebrews. And they had to continually tell them that they're not coming to do war against them. Now just get a picture with me if you would. Two and a half million, we'll just use that as a good round number. But I want you to notice something. They're making their way through the wilderness. And there's enemies all around. And the enemies need to get through the wilderness too. But the wilderness want to come to Moses and say, Hey, we want to be, make something very clear here. That pillar of cloud that's hanging over you right now and that pillar of fire that's there by night, we don't want nothing to do with that. If you'll just let us go, if you'll just let us pass through, we won't bother you, baby. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you something right now. Hell don't want you. I said hell don't want anything to do with you. Hell don't want to mess with you. Come on. Because when hell sees you, Hell sees the presence of the Lord. When hell sees you, it sees the name, the power that's in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about if you're submitted 
committed, following God, hell can't touch you. I know it's impossible for us to get a picture of it, but can you imagine a king, a king seeing a people coming toward him? He decided to do battle with this group in the wilderness. And when they stepped out to their porch and looked out into the distance, in the great multitude spread out in the desert, you know what the first thing they saw was? He saw that cloud. During that night, the king saw a giant nightlight. That was standing erect right over the middle of that camp. Those other nations that would have were convinced that the most powerful God of the world was walking with those Jews. They didn't try anything stupid because it was evident they weren't alone. They might have been in the wilderness, but they weren't alone. They might have been out in the desert, but they hadn't been left alone. They might have been in the trial of their life, but they weren't alone. They might have had a cancer diagnosis, but they weren't alone. They might have been depressed, but they weren't alone. Their life might be filled with fear, but they weren't alone. Come on. They might be going through financial problem, but they weren't alone. They might have some physical help, but they weren't alone. Come on, I'm trying to tell somebody, you are not alone. You're not going through this on your own. Look at your neighbor and say, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, we're surrounded by this cloud. God's been so good. God's been so gracious, so kind, so generous to our lives. He's protected us from so many enemies that we're not even conscious of. You don't even have any idea some of the things that God's kept you from. He's filled us with the glory cloud called the Holy Ghost. Anybody got the Holy Ghost here? Come on, wave your hand. If you're glad you got the Holy Ghost. You, come on. I said wave your hand if you're glad you got the Holy Ghost. You want to know what you are? You're a walking, talking, glory cloud. You see this devil? Come on, devil. Devil. 
You want some of this? Come on, somebody. I said you're a walking, talking, glory cloud. Brother Haney, you just thought you were a truck driver. But when you're driving down that road, that glory cloud is traveling with you. Come on, somebody. I said you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Don't despair. God's got this. Now, 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 that was the good part. I got to get to the bad part. Watch this. Bible said that uh, even in the midst of the glory cloud, they found a will and a way to murmur and complain. Church, it just ought not be that. Every morning we wake up in this wilderness and God has raised upon us the provision that we need for today. Is anybody hungry in the house? I'm not talking because you hadn't ate in the last four hours. <laughs> anybody here, you woke up this morning you didn't at least have a box of Wheaties in your, in your pantry? And a little milk in the fridge? Come on, you're not hungry. I, no, I'm not going to say that. I'll say it about me. You can look at me and tell you, I'm not hungry. <laughs> Every day. Brother Jordan, I wake up, throw my clothes on, walk out the garage door, get in my car, push the button, and it starts, hopefully. And I got gas in the tank, Sister Jenny. Wherever I want to go, I can get there. Come on, somebody. I hope my sweet mama's, well, I, I, I do hope she's listening, but hope she won't get mad at me. My, my sweet mama's 84, almost 85 years old. And when I go to her house, she always wants me to go to the bank and check her bank account. She wants to make sure she's got money. And she's got money. I say, Mama, don't worry about it. You're all right. You're going to be okay. And if she didn't have money, I'd give her money. Come on now. That's the way God works. Now listen. I know there may not be any millionaires in this building tonight. But I hear the voice of the old man of God, the old psalmist. He said, I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his sheep. Come on, I'm trying to tell somebody, every day when you wake up, you've got provision. It might not be everything you need, but it's what you need.
my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in that. Somebody ought to thank God for your provision. Let me hurry. In spite of the fact that the cloud is there to protect them, there goes out a fiery judgment from God against them in spite of the cloud. They have to fight temptations, deal with spirits. Are you hearing me right now? Fight with the fiery lust that they know will consume them. Where does it all begin? How can it possibly be? Since they are overshadowed and protected by the cloud of glory. Let me tell you why. Listen to me very closely here. It's because of murmuring and complaining. I told you I was getting to the bad part. I warned you. It was because of murmuring and complaining. It it was because they're not satisfied with what God has done and just want more and more. What would you say this morning, Brother Stephen? Just give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. I don't want to have to give, 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 but give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. They just wanted more and more. Come on. Water from the rock wasn't enough. Ah, now we want meat. Now we want bread, rather. And then we want meat. It's not a never enough. Can I talk to the Pentecostals of Anderson tonight and tell you God knows exactly what you need, when you need it, and He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. He'll supply all your needs. Now, in the middle of all of that, in spite of the cloud, they find themselves almost consumed with the things that are usually only reserved for the people who live in the world. God is sending a message, sure and clear. If you're going to complain about mere trifles, then after a while, God's going to send you something that will ensure that you have something to complain about. I knew that wouldn't be popular. In spite of the presence of the glory of God in their midst, in spite of the cloud's reminder of the fact that they were in earshot and eye sight of the most powerful God in the world, They still found space and reason to murmur and complain. How could it be? How could it be? Surely it's a lesson for all of us to learn tonight. We have nothing to murmur about. I said we have nothing to murmur about. God is good all the time. God is good 
all the time. God is good all the Come on, if you'll start telling yourself that when you wake up in the morning and things aren't going right, just tell yourself, God is good all the time. Come on, when the finances get tight, just tell yourself, God is good all the time. Come on, when your body's not cooperating, just tell yourself, God is good all the time. Come on, somebody praise him. Let's stand. Let's stand. We have nothing to murmur about. We surely should watch our tongues, our attitudes when it comes to the things of God. We need to take a look around before we begin to speak and see the cloud that stands so closely to our souls. We should, in the darkness, realize that we're standing still. In the light. And we are people most blessed. God is with us. God is blessing us. We are the people of God. Come on, do I have anybody that would just give me a little witness right there? We're in the wilderness of the world, but there's a cloud. I said there's a cloud. I wonder tonight, I wonder tonight if I could just find some souls in this building who will pledge to God that you'll be more careful with your words and your attitudes. I wonder if anyone here is fighting some enemies that you ought not be having to fight. You're wondering why you're continually struggling and yet you know you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You know that the pillar of cloud is in your life. And yet you're continually buffeted by fire, by plague, by enemies, by the things of this world. Maybe those things aren't coming from the outside maybe God the pillar of cloud that sees all and hears all and knows all maybe he's let them come in in spite of the cloud all of those it's interesting how the Bible worded that it said all of those that were on the outer edges were burned with fire all of those that were on the fringes my my you know I've been I've been I preached to you for the last three services and every time I've challenged you to action but I'm going to tell you something tonight on this Sunday night God's looking for somebody somebody's in this building 
that I say, you know what? I'm not going to dwell on the outer edges anymore. I'm going to get under the cloud. I'm going to get in the presence of the Lord. Come on, is there anybody here that would say, God, I'm going to change my attitude. I'm going to change what I say. I'm going to change how I speak. Come on. Come on, we'll wait. We'll wait. Maybe God has let some things come in your life because He needs you to repent tonight. He needs you to repent and He'll drive them out of your life. Come on, call upon the name of Jesus. Convince God you'll stop your sin. You'll stop your rebellion, your bitter attitude, your complaining, your carnality. There'll be a better day tomorrow. Come on, that's it. Come on, just reach up to God and repent right now. Reach up to God and say, God, I want to be under your cloud. I don't want to miss your glory. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it.